it's technically a full-time job, but you know how farmers are. <laughs> exactly, the job is never over. Welcome to the Taste of the Wind podcast, where we talk about everything local and ethical food. I was lucky enough to be interviewed by Dr. Tammy Gray Steele on her talk show that she airs every week called Women in Ag Wednesday. You can view the video version of our interview on their YouTube channel. Just search National Women in Agriculture Association, and you can see all of the interviews as well as other videos that have helpful resources for small ag businesses, particularly ones run by women. If you're interested in joining the National Women in Agriculture Association, I'll have some resources for you at the end of our interview today, and I hope you enjoy. Dr. Tammy Gray Steele is the first American agricultural specialist, agripreneur, educator, and women and children ag advocate. Born and raised on a farm, she received her secondary education in the rustic and rural community of Wawoka, Oklahoma. On the broader national turf, Dr. Steele is a former USDA SARE advisory main council member and was appointed by President Barack Obama's administration as a distinguished USDA NASS advisory councilwoman. She established National Women in Agriculture Association in 2008. Since then, she has employed the powerful and influential instrumentality of NWIAA to pursue her agenda of sustainable development in America's agricultural sector. In January of 2014, Dr. Steele opened NWIAA's first Sustainable Agriculture Academy in the United States, located on the east side of the Oklahoma City metro area and in close proximity to the city's largest African-American population. Dr. Steele has received awards from the White House, Oklahoma State University, Oklahoma Conservation District Cooperatives Department, and Oklahoma Legislative Black Caucus, as well as Tuskegee University and other educational institutions in genuine appreciation for her support of various economic empowerment entrepreneurship programs. And she has written testimonial articles with the New York Magazine, as well as other agricultural journals. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Tammy Gray Steele. Well, good afternoon and greetings, greetings, greetings. And I was calling you BJ. Is that for beautiful? Yeah, that's what everybody knows me as. If you call me by my real name, I feel like I'm at the doctor's office. So. Oh, really? <laughs> so, do you not want to disclose what is BJ for? Um, it, it stands for Barbara Jean. It's both of my grandma. Barbara Jean. Okay, that's a cool name. Thanks. So I'll call you BJ as you request. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to be with us. It's called the National Women in Agriculture Wednesday Talk Show. And I do this talk show every Wednesday to bring awareness primarily to women farmers across the globe, literally. We do not get our due kudos or equal rights, equity, and inclusion. Um, it, it's only given to a few that. Really, you know, they're not making big impacts. Like, you know, some of us out here, like yourself, um, you can highly recommend it uh, by viewers as well as my, as my my team, specifically my assistant, who is and she's like, you got to speak to her. And I see someone cute. <laughs> what age? He's four months. Four months. Congratulations. Thank you, you so have much. Other children. This is my first one. Oh, blessings. Bless and autism. Sorry? 
His name? Peter. Peter. Hi, handsome. Look at him looking like, what are you doing? What are y'all doing? <laughs> well, I'm not going to keep you too long, but I do want to hear um, all about your life. Again, this show is all about you. It's highlighting what you're doing in your community, uh, specifically for your family, but what, what you're doing, what you like to share with the world and you may need assistance with. Awesome. Well, I'm based out of Laramie, Wyoming, which is the southeast corner of the state of Wyoming, almost to Colorado. Um, I've run my own farm for four years now. I started working with other farmers to gain the skills I needed to start my own business. And uh, eventually I pulled it off. So um, we raise lamb, pork, chicken, and eggs, and we also help a couple other local ranchers sell their beef. Um, my business is called Taste of the Wind, and um, we have an online presence. We ship meat across the nation, but we try to stay as local as possible uh, with our customers. Awesome. So that's your full-time job, as being a farmer? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Recently, I've kind of been in transition because I just had a baby, um, but I just found out today, actually, that I got the executive director uh, position for the Wyoming Food Coalition. So congratulations. <laughs> so that'll be a part-time deal, and then I'll keep my as another, I mean, it's te it's technically a full-time job, but you know how farmers are. <laughs> exactly. The job is never over. And again, that's the reason I wanted awareness. And I do have men on my show, show as well. So it is a, a, an actual platform, if you will. It's an outreach tool that I use to help, but also give encouragement to others that you're not in this this farm life alone, literally. And yeah. figuratively, you know, it's, it's all work. It's consistent work in order to be prosperous at it. And, and just to survive, if you want a good quality of life. Um, as far as being, it's called the Wyoming Coalition, uh, that you're going to be the executive director. Uh, yeah. Give me one sec. I'm going to hand my son to my husband. He just got home. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the multitasking, the, the wide farm, executive director, mommy. You're doing it all. Killing it. Uh, and then you have a social media presence, so that's what's so cool that you're able to incorporate, and that's what women are. Uh, they are we are multitaskers, and again, like I said, it's just our time, especially in this administration, that awareness comes to women, women producers. So, a taste of the land, right, is the name of your taste of the wind. It's particularly oh. windy in the southern part of Wyoming, so we oh, southern Wyoming. reflect that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's the reason you got the wind part, because you're so south. And are the plains, is it really windy or something out there? Yeah, there's, it's, we're kind of the, the first mountain range as you go west, so there's nothing left to stop the wind as it picks up across the plains. Oh. It's pretty clear plains. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I've seen and on TV shows and things like that about Wyoming plains and you know how the, the, the land's just flat, just nothing there per se. So this is real life, right? Well, we, uh, have, 
we do have mountains out here, but there's a, also a lot of flat lands as well. Okay, okay. So in, in growing and producing on your farm, can you specifically speak to uh, our first, are you a first generation farmer or you are? Yes, I am. None of my family was involved in farming. I am a weird, <laughs> a weird generation, but I love it and I've loved it since I was a kid. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, breaking into the agriculture world just at your age. I mean, I, I love it. It's unique in itself. And it is a, a actual industry that is in demand. And as time go on, due to climate controls and other elements on our planet, we're going to be in higher demand. So, young as you are, you're going to be an expert guru. So, Talk, talk to me about like, each one of your animals and what do you do as far as production? Well, I'll start with the sheep. Those are my favorite. Um, we raise Iceland sheep, which are a heritage breed. And what we... are the names of them again? Sorry? What, what are the, the actual breed of your sheep? It's Icelandic. They originate from Iceland, and the Vikings actually brought them over from Scandinavia. So they're a landrace breed. Um, isolated to that island, then they've been there for a long, long time, so they've developed their own specific traits. But Iceland has a lot of similarities in climate to Wyoming, so the Icelandic sheep do really well here. And we we raise those sheep to um, provide a meat product and a wool product, and then I do milk them just for my own use, but I don't sell the milk. And then I also tan the hides and um, clean the skulls to create really cool uh, home decor. So I sell those as well. Awesome. Well, and you have a website where you people buy this from you? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, so. my website is www.tasteofthewind.com. And that's where I sell all my meat products and then skulls and hides from my sheep as well. Oh my goodness, bless you. This is unique in itself. So, <laughs> number one, are the sheep? The uh, ice, Icelandic. 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 Okay, and okay, what is your second animal? Uh, we also raise hogs, and we also raise a, an interesting breed of hog. They're called Mangalitsas. They originate in Hungary. And they people like to call them sheep pigs because they get about this much curly hair really? on the winter time and they're really hardy that's why we like them out here they they're actually a breed that was developed for lard production so they have a large fat cap on top and uh, they do produce a lot of lard but our customers really like that because our customers value the many uses of lard mostly for yeah. that is really neat i mean i haven't heard of these specific types of uh if you will uh, I just got through the show earlier on uh, humanity of pigs. So oh, this is like, yes, it's really interesting, you know, as far as uh, I have an actual colleague that is advocating for, you know, humanity for pigs because as far as mommy sows, how they are put into these little cages and just stressed uh, throughout their whole uh, reproductive cycle. You know, it's like you go in, you know, you go in and get pregnant, you carry them, you're on, they're on hard concrete, and they chew at the bars. And it was just, I literally, I was crying. So, 
this is kind of ironic, or I should say divine intervention, that we're talking about kids and being and how important kids are to our ecosystem and this existence on Earth. And pigs are so intelligent. That it's, it's, a it's a dog. Yeah, and people try to justify that keeping pigs indoors in cages is it's okay because they don't need as much interaction and um, stimulation as we do. But pigs are so smart, and you can tell they love getting outside and they love running around. They love having yeah. Yeah. being in the sunshine and having fresh air, and they love having a variety of foods to eat. So we we do a lot of um, food waste reclamation if you will so um, our hogs get a lot of produce and they really love that you can tell them uh, yeah yeah well, <laughs> i remember as a little girl my grandfather used to uh, go to the grocery stores i don't even know if they still do that due to so many food safety laws but my, my grandfather used to go literally like what they call garbage diving yeah he would go and literally get like the leftover produce and of course, he would feed, you know, whatever wasn't good to the pigs, but some of it we ate. I mean, because he would, like, sift through it and make sure not get their little bruise. That's just part of, you know, the whole farm life. But when you said that, I was like, huh, I do remember Papa actually going to get those uh, vegetables at the garbage dumpsters. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of respect for people who don't want to see good food go to waste. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, I am a true farm girl. I may not look like it on the outside. I tell people this is the marketing tool. <laughs> uh, I'm just a little country girl from a small place here in Oklahoma. And, you know, that went urban and we still farm beef cattle and some other things on the farm. But back to you on, and what is your third favorite? Um, I guess... Uh, all that's left are our chickens. Um, we raise meat chickens and laying hens, so we get meat and eggs uh, uh, for chickens. And we raise a wide variety of types of birds. So, really? but they're all free range. But now, I'm a woman, you need to become a chapter leader for Wyoming. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way after you're ready to take you to. Do you work with the USDA at all? Like in some of their programs. I haven't yet. I'm actually attempting to go for one of their value-added producer grants this year. Awesome. So we'll see how that goes. I've heard it's a pretty intense process, but I have someone who's been through it before who's going to help me with the application. Awesome. So I'm excited to try that out. Well, and just even the programs with USDA, like Farm Service Agency, do you know if you're Actually, it is. Um, I've worked with Farm Service Agency to try to get our own land a couple of times. Um, unfortunately, the timing with the seller of the land and getting the FSA application through wasn't, it was what ended up it not working out. But um, I, I'm familiar with the Farm Service Agency. And they want to have a shorter process, just FYI. They just they came Yes, they just came out, literally. Um, and I'm going to ask probably have Kate, my assistant, Monte, send you the announcement. I mean, like a day or two ago, it came out that they have a shorter process. So That's going to make it very much more accessible. Yes. I mean, it is pretty daunting as far as going through <laughs> all those pages. I, I, I understand, and I tell them as far as advocating for farmers at the grassroots level, like you guys are asking for the impossible and you want farmers to participate in your program, and then you make it almost impossible for them to really do the paperwork. So, 
Yeah, for farmers, I mean, we're all working 80 plus hours a week on average. Exactly. exactly. Now you want me to kind of like do paperwork to even participate in your program that ultimately I understand is supposed to be for us anyway. So, anywho, um, USDA is one of our, uh, is our primary partner. And as you know, there are like 23 agencies, but we highly partner with Farm Service Agency and, and advocate for farmers to make things easier including the uh, three-year time frame that they require to be a farmer, as they like to call it, beginning farmer. When someone says beginning to me, that means you're done with that. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's where I'm like, okay, we need to like really, really be careful how we actually project or advocate for certain things that is an illusion. That's why I call it an illusion. <laughs> yeah. So, in the next agency, have you worked with Natural Resource Conservation Services, NRCS? I have not. You need to. That is the number one agency that is helping people help the land. And when I say that, they have um, fencing programs, they have programs to assist with water wells, solar cattle, even with habitat, uh, preserving wildlife. And specifically when you're talking about, you know, your sheep, all your farm animals, there are programs like literally they'll come out to you. And there is a Wyoming um, USDA NRCS office as well as FSA. That's in every state. And you just contact them and tell them that you want a free conservation plan. They'll come out to you and it's like a business plan for your farm. And they can show you what they can actually assist you with. Uh, and it's free. Again, F-R-E-E, if they tell you anything different, let me know. Because it's a, it's a free, it's called Conservation Plan. Um, they have some wonderful programs, even with the EQIP program. That program in itself helps uh, farmers with what we have here on our grounds. is a high tunnel, which is like a plastic greenhouse, but it's you know, extended, extends the growing season. And they just have some great set-aside funds um, for women, for, for just farmers in general that could really help out in the production industry. So as far as selling, did you find it, you know, is it really hard to um, sell your items? I, I wouldn't think so locally, but what about nationally? Um, I don't think that it's hard to sell the product necessarily. I think the greatest challenge is um, accessing customers so trying to find those customers who really value our type of products right. and are to pay a price that uh, is feasible for our living because folks are used to going to the walmart or whatever mm -hmm. and getting their meat for so such and such a pound and when they see our products they're they the prices are higher because we have to feed our family yeah um so finding very specific customers is one of the uh, bigger challenges that we face. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that's right. probably where I spend a lot of my time is finding the customers that value our product. Now, do you mind if we actually help promote your product? Because I always like to try to reciprocate uh, assistance, especially you agree to come on our show to tell women or the world what you do. But And I would love to, like, you know, promote what you're doing and, and what you're selling. I mean, with your permission, is that okay? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, okay. Because that's what we do. As far as our organization, it is a, 
network system, if you will. We, have, we are the largest minority nonprofit. We're very diverse. If you go out on our website, you go to chapters, we have all nationalities. I'm literally now in our organization, and we love it. But it's a women's sisterhood, and each chapter get to go for grant funding up under the umbrella. And you automatically receive our 15 year, 15 plus years capacity to show that you have um, an organization that's behind you to support and you know that's what that's for that capacity. That's great. Yeah, and like I said, I would love to have a Wyoming chapter because we don't have anyone up there. And then women and people will connect to you like that as well. Uh, and basically what you will be doing is kind of what I'm doing. But we ask our women to only do like an opportunity event four times a year, once every quarter, you know, every three months. And therefore that kind of your outreach to the community, you tell them what you're doing, you're connecting them to USDA programs, um, just that simple. And then we train, of course, you're doing all your other stuff. That's not a bad deal for me. I tell people you can get anywhere from 50 up to so many hundred thousands of dollars as a group um, under the umbrella in every chapter, like I said, we go for the exact same funding as we go for because we incorporate you there. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. And, and I can connect you to women like in Florida. We have a great, uh, she has a whole peach orchard uh, that she does there in Florida, as well as her family has an orchard in Minnesota. So she runs two chapters for us there. So there's some great people. It's pretty yeah. cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so you feel the challenge is being able to find the actual buyers that will pay for your food, like for your, your production. Well, I said I will definitely assist with that. Um, what are some of the words of encouragement that you have for women producers? <laughs> well, I don't want to be too sassy, but. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. <laughs> That's it. And don't let them challenge you, right? That's such a good, don't let, I like that. Don't let them tell you you can't do something. Because it's true. There's there's nothing like a woman with willpower. So We do it all. And, and, and like I said, that's, it's really neat because we have, it's, a, it's an actual a day that conference was the Senate voted on nationally as a declared it. National Women in Agriculture Day. It has nothing to do with our organization. However, and literally we're going to DC because it's National Women in Agriculture Day. And we said, well, National Women in Agriculture Association would like to give testimony on National Women in Agriculture Day, especially on equity issues for women farmers. You know, we want to make sure that we receive that same leverage, respect, resources. Um, to operate our farm operations. Um, and that's why, you know, it takes things like this and going over and beyond the call of duty of outreach and making things happen uh, that no one else is making happen. So I give you all the shout-outs for that. Uh, as Thank far you. as leaving your legacy, what is your legacy you would like to leave for your baby? <laughs> well, I, I really value... Um, preserving the land and trying to raise food in a way that that ensures our children will have clean, accessible resources left for them. There's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of our uh, big industry ag practices are not 
preserving soil, not preserving water. And it's, it's decreasing what our children will have in the future. So I, I really hope to leave a legacy of preserving the land and preserving water, preserving clean air for my family and, and other families in the future because we need to eat, but we also need our ecosystems to support us. <laughs> in the future. I tell people, if you don't have good air, we won't be able to breathe. And that's where, instead of our environment, that's what I feel that our society, do. you know, they, they actually, they, they earn the privilege of being on the earth but then they just burn up all the resources for it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. So I hope, I hope we can reverse that. I know there's a lot of women in ag who care about the future of our natural resources. So that's, that's a good step. It goes with us. We are nurturers of nature. And nature, that's how we bear our children. And, and, and we would be less of a human being, I think, if we didn't, like you said, preserve our earth and make sure the world is a better place than when you came in, leaving a better place going out. So that's really admirable of you. And I'm not going to take any more of your time because you are a woman of several hats, I see. I mean, literally, you had uh, baby Peter right there. And <laughs> this is amazing. And like I said, BJ, I. Literally, you have really encouraged me this evening. Um, you have actually, I hope, inspired, if you don't, then you should, I should say, inspire other young women, and just women in general, women in agriculture, uh, slash farming, I like to tell them, agriculture is the fancy name for farming, I tell people that all the time. But uh, they should be highly inspired, and if they needed to reach you, how can someone get in contact with you? They can send me an email. Um... And my, all my contact info is on my website as well, but it's pretty easy to remember. I'm just bj at tasteofthewind.com. If anyone wants to email me, I'm pretty quick about getting back that way. And I'm also on Instagram at tasteofthewind307 and Facebook with the same handle. So I'm, I look forward to meeting more women in ag, and we, we can all lift each other up. So anyone who wants to have a chat about anything to do with natural resources, animals, or agriculture. I'm game. <laughs> awesome. This is one more thing that sticks out. Something about you do something with eggshells. Uh, <laughs> and I cannot let that, because I wanted to hear, because it was very intriguing to some of our, our viewers. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm experimenting, um, because I don't like to let things go to waste at all. Yes. And I did a lot of research and a lot of um, tooth powders that are out there on the market. Instead of toothpaste, people are using powder because it uh, creates less waste. There's no tube associated with a powder. So uh, I made my own toothpaste powder with eggshells as the main ingredient because they're supposed to help remineralize your teeth with the calcium. Okay. And there's a couple other compounds to them that are beneficial to your teeth. But they're using them in studies to regenerate uh, bone tissue and cartilage. So I figured, you know what, if they're using it in studies and it's in common tooth powders, I'm going to make my own. So I saved my own eggshells from my chickens and I'm grinding it down into a powder and mixing it with a couple other things and using it as tooth powder instead of toothpaste. Girl, you need to go ahead and trademark that because that is phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, literally, um, I was just on a panel about patents, and that's something to patent 
especially coming from a women, a woman producer directly from the land. Um, this, this is food for thought, no pun intended, but literally, <laughs> literally we need to really think about that because I think that is the most one of the unique things I've ever heard. And it makes so much sense, you know, when you think about it. Uh, wow. Well, again, I thank you again so much, BJ. You have blessed us today. And we're at the end of the show. And as I always tell the young people, it's a great day in ag to make that ag. Yes, it is. So, thank you very much and have a blessed day. Thank you. Same to you. Blessings to you. Thank you. Blessings. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Dr. Steele. We had a blast talking to each other, getting to know each other a little bit, and I hope you learned a little bit about the National Women in Agriculture Association as well as Taste of the Wind. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out. You can go to our website, www.tasteofthewind.com. That's where our online store is and our blog, and you can find uh, my email address as well as other contact info there. If you're interested in learning more about the National Women in Agriculture Association, you can check out their website, nwiaa.org. They have a chapter directory. If you're interested in becoming a member and participating in local events and chapter meetings near you, there are plenty of chapters across the U.S., but there are some states missing and some regions as well. So if you're a local woman in agriculture, consider checking out this organization and starting a chapter in your area. Just a quick reminder, because I know some of you are customers or future customers of Taste of the Wind, our deadline to order bulk meats is coming right up. May 1st at midnight is the deadline to place your deposit for bulk pastured pork, grass-finished lamb, grass-finished beef, and pastured chickens. If you're interested in any of those products that we raise, head on over to the website, that's www.tasteofthewind.com, and get your deposit submitted, and we'll give you five extra entries to our Meet Your Rancher giveaway if you get that deposit in by May 1st of this year. That is 2023. I'm looking forward to serving you and your family by producing nutrient-dense foods, and if you're not on our email list yet, that is where I distribute free recipes, sustainability tips, farm updates, and more. So go head on over to our website and get signed up for our email list if you're not there yet. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I will catch you guys next time on the Taste of the Wind podcast.